my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is William Mawala. I'm the pastor of the Paravista and the Gola Seventh Adventist Churches in South Australia. Thanks for joining in today. Uh, this week's theme, the Bible, physical health, and spirituality. And today, my co-host and I were attempting to answer the question, are health principles really part of biblical religion? And so at the top of the hour, I'd like to encourage our listeners out there today, what do you guys think? Is there a connection between one's health and spirituality? Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, why don't you text us here in the studio, 0488-808811. So once again, our theme for this week, the Bible physical health and spirituality and my co-host and I, we're looking at the questions, are health principles, are they really part of biblical religion? You know, I've talked about this with many people and some people say, well, it doesn't really matter what you put into your mouth. It doesn't really matter. And But we want to look at what the Bible says and I'm so glad that I've got in the studio today with me here on Drive Time BQ&A. Uh, my co-host today is actually Eric or, and the reason why I say actually because uh, my good colleague, uh, uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich, is away from the studio today and our thoughts and prayers are with him. But so, Eric, welcome to the studio today. Well, thanks, uh, Pastor Will. It's great to be here. And uh, yeah, I think I'm a day before I'm usually on, but uh, yeah. it's good to be here. At least I know it's a Monday. Yeah. I think uh, looking at our program, um, they've got you uh, working overtime. You're, you'll be in the studio again <laughs> later this week as well. So uh, thank you for your service. Hey, uh, just for uh, those out there who may not know who Eric is, he's a big part of Faith FM Drive Time. He serves as the pastor of the Aboriginal Seven Day Adventist uh, Fellowship Group in South Australia. He does a wonderful job with our Indigenous folks, and he's a big part of our team here amongst the churches, the Adventist churches. And and also part of Drive Time BQ&A. So thanks, Eric. It's always a blessing and a pleasure. We've actually been in the studio together a little while back, I think, earlier in the year. Yep. And uh, so it's always good to see you again, my brother. Thank you. Um, so before we jump in, um, yeah, how's your week been? Uh, how's things the last time? Anything new, exciting? Uh, how was the weekend? Well, I'm I'm still COVID free. Uh, still, still. Uh, <laughs> about half my family and grannies have come down with it, but um, yeah. still hanging in there and uh, haven't had the flu yet. So uh, we're supposed to go away to Cairns a trip, my wife and I, in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm just trying to stay Cairns. Clear. Yeah, heading up to see some family, are you? Uh, no, no, I'm going there to the warm weather. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that is that's a great idea because uh, we're about to, up to our uh, limit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just the fact that, you know, I'm trying to stay away from some people at the moment because there's no use getting sick just before you go. And yeah. you've got to cancel all that rigmarole of cancelling those uh, travelling plans and, you know, rescheduling and all that. Bit of a nightmare. But, no, it's it's been great. Been very busy with the Aboriginal group we've got actually on tomorrow. We're going to go down to the Salisbury Hub. Have you ever been to the Salisbury Hub? No, I haven't. No. You want to check it out. It's a lovely building with a library in there, and uh, you can get on the um, the computers and stuff, and they've got a lot of interesting things happening there, a little cafe and a little historical section of Salisbury. It's a really good place. Really? So we're going to take them down there and and, and have lunch there, and then Wednesday we've got our, our usual Bible study in the morning. So, yeah, all good. 
You sound like a very busy pastor, Eric. Well, I'm supposed to be partly retired, but... There's no uh, such thing as (laughs) retired pastors, I hear. (laughs) No, it's been great. Lovely. Well, what I thought we'd do today for our uh, World Watch segment is, um, as you've probably seen on on the news and across the internet, um, Eric, is this um, the overturning of the Roe versus Wade decision Mm. in the United States. Look, you know, I thought about it before we went on air today. You know, we say at the beginning of the show every day that we respond to difficult questions and trends in the light of Bible prophecy. And you know what? I'm not one to get into controversy or conflict, but you know what? It is something that is right now uh, a big issue in the United States and obviously the reverberations of that across the world and particularly in our country and in South in Australia as well. So what I thought we'd do uh, for our World Watch segment time, Eric, is... Yeah, just I just want to read a couple of articles here uh, about this uh, decision. And so the first one I want to read for our World Watch segment is uh, taken from Time uh, Time Magazine, time.com, their online uh, website there. And uh, the article says, uh, Supreme Court overturns Roe vs. Wade, undoing constitutional right to abortion. And it says here, an article by Abigail Abrams, dated June 24th, it says the U.S. Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, striking down the constitutional right to abortion established in the landmark ruling nearly 50 years ago. On June 24th, the High Court, which would have been uh, Friday, Eric, uh, the High Court ruled that pre-viability bans on elective abortions are constitutional, with Justice Samuel Alito writing the majority opinion joined by Justices uh, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gersuch, I think, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. Chief Justice John Roberts filed his own opinion concurring in the judgment that pre-viability bans can stand, but declining to overturn Roe. The court's three liberal justices, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan, uh, dissented. And just a little bit more here. It says, after nearly uh, half a century of constitutional protections for abortion, the ruling fundamentally reshapes access to reproductive health care across the U.S. 13 states have already enacted, quote, trigger laws that are designed to ban all or nearly all abortions once Roe is overturned. And those will now go into effect some immediately and others in the coming hours and days. More bans are expected to come soon. And then it goes on to say, Eric, that at least nine other states have laws on the books they will likely try to put into effect, according to an estimate from the Gutmacher Institute, a research center that supports abortion rights and others are considering special legislative sessions to introduce new restrictions in response to the ruling. Oklahoma had already outlawed nearly all abortions before the Supreme Court ruled and other conservative-led states moved to advance bans of their own following a historic leak of a draft opinion in May that previewed the seismic shift to come. So, Eric, Time magazine talking about an article about this uh, Supreme Court overruling of Roe vs. Wade. Uh, so that's kind of like on the world um, stage happening right now in the United States. I brought it a little bit closer to home, some of our news outlets, and just to give you an idea of, of ABC News, uh, they ran an article just yesterday 
on uh, ABC, abc.net.au and the article says the overturning of Roe vs Wade couldn't happen in Australia but abortion still isn't a guaranteed right. And just a couple of lines here, Eric, I'd love to hear your comment on this. It says a situation, now this is Australia now, or some commentators, journalists are saying, a situation like Roe vs Wade could never overturn abortion rights in Australia, but significant barriers to access remain and reform is needed to protect people's rights going forward. Legal and reproductive rights advocates say. And then there's a quote says, in Australia, abortion is protected at the state and territory level. We don't have a constitutional right to abortion. Human Rights Law Centre Associate Legal Director Adrian Walters said, in fact, we don't have national comprehensive human rights protections in Australia, which is something a lot of people don't realise. And so this idea of abortion and um, I don't know if you've seen it, Eric, but I was watching the news and there's a lot of people protesting uh, this overruling over there, you know, seeing some of the images coming through from from over in the United States and in different parts of the world. Um, I thought I'd just bring it to our um, our listeners today during this World Watch segment because in some way there is the Bible in some ways speaks on the idea of life and that's what where the angle I wanted to take it is that, you know, everyone's gone kind of weighing in on, politicians are weighing in and, you know, people are having their say and, and opinions on it. But um, I thought I would, what's the Christian response? Now, again, I'm not trying to sound controversial or anything. Well, these days, anything you say can be controversial. <laughs> but um, before I kind of share a little bit more, what are your, what's your Impressions as you've seen some of these images coming out of the states. Yeah, I've Eric. seen the images on television too of yeah. uh, the protests and those for this decision and against it. And in these cases, I often think of what would God want for the the woman and the baby, and don't forget the father as well. Uh, now we're both yeah. men talking about this, um, but to me, um, it seems as though God in the Bible talks about like knowing us when we we're in the womb. Yeah. And I think that God would want what's best for the mother, the father, and the child. And to yeah. me, the laws are too liberal. Uh, I know that in New Zealand, where I come from, they are very liberal with abortion. You can have a, an abortion almost right up to birth. Wow. And that, to me, is, is too severe because what's the difference between um, killing a child through abortion just before they're born so they could survive if they were born yeah. and the day after – if you murdered the child, you know. So, you know, this is a controversial subject. To me, I think there are times when a woman needs to have an abortion. I think of cases like I know one, a lady, a good friend of mine, who whose child was, um, she uh, found out fairly early on that the child had only half the brain formed and um, half the heart. So the child would not survive anyway. It would still yeah. grow. So she decided to terminate the baby yeah. there. And I understand that. And I think God understands that. I also think, too, in the cases of rape, where that's up to the woman, because we're men talking here and, and, and the severity of that. So I think that the, the laws are too liberal where you can have it go so far into the semester that the children are, can survive. And I think that's the key here. Yeah. Well, what would God do and what would God think about that? Um, and so he want the best for both. So that's my, my personal opinion. Everybody has a yeah. different opinion on that. Yeah. You know? And, and I respect your, um, you know, your comments there, Eric. And I think, I think this is a very sensitive issue. And for our listeners out there, we're, we're just trying to, just to bring to our audience that this is something that, the 
United that started in the United States. There's turmoil there with this overturning, and it's going to filter itself through throughout the you know uh, throughout the world, and obviously here in Australia as well. Um, I think there's some maybe some principles that we could probably um, glean, I guess, on the subject of abortion. And look, again, I'm not a woman or anything, so I'm I'm just I'm just trying to look at it from a biblical perspective. Mm. Um, and I guess there's a couple of things I just want to mention when we when we're talking about this idea of of abortion. I think a couple of things need to be said, um, Eric. First thing is uh, when we think about um, life, life is sacred, isn't it? Mm. You know, and I think that's that's what makes it such a sensitive sensitive issue. You're not just getting rid of you know, your car or, you know, your unwanted genes or, you know, whatever it is. We are dealing with life. And God, the Bible says, he upholds the sacredness of life. Mm. You know, the Bible tells us about how life is sacred because uh, life is a gift from God. Another thing, and I think which leads to my next kind of, um, you know, how I think this through is that if life is sacred and God is the giver of life, then it would stand a chance to say that God actually considers the unborn child as human life. Yeah. Now, I know that there is sociologists and you know, all these smart people who are trying to determine when is life life, you know, and what part of the cycle does that become a, you know, an actual human being. But, you know, I think when I think of, you know, this uh, verse, Jerem- um, Eric, when he talks about, when God called Jeremiah the prophet in chapter one, it says, "Before you in the womb, I knew you." Mm. So, so here is God saying, "Before this whole nine month, you know, process, God actually knew Jeremiah." And I think that's mind blowing mm. to think that God actually considers the unborn child as human life. Another aspect is that when you look at the Bible in general, uh, the Ten Commandments: "Thou shalt not kill." You know, some translation make it a bit more pointed. Thou shall not murder. You know, uh, we so we see that in the Exodus twenty, Eric. Then we see uh, Jesus's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, it it kind of brings a picture that God he values life, and and so you've got the idea of um, thou shall not kill. You know, you've got this idea of life being sacred, and then you know also that God is the owner of life. So all these things kind of tell me, um, Eric, that we have to be very, very careful when we start dictating that we decide who lives and who dies, because that's essentially what boils down to, that a human being can dictate whether that child lives or dies. Now, look, I know it's a very sensitive thing, but you know, when you look at the scriptures, God seems to um, celebrate life. Rather than take life away, you know, there's that. So, so there's that aspect. But then, yeah. also, um, I, I wanted to share this. Um, there's an article. Well, not an article. It's actually a social media post by. He's a bit of a. Um, he's a figure in the in the public square. His name is Martin Isle. Some of our listeners may know of Martin. He's um, he's a conservative. Um, uh, he, he's part of the Australian Christian lobby, and uh, he has some. He doesn't mince his words, Eric. <laughs> and um, I just want to read to you the uh, post that he just put up um, just not just a number of hours ago, actually, commenting on this um, whole Roe versus Wade abortion kind of debate that's going. And I think it's pretty strong, but I, I think he's got um, – I think there is a positive message there for Christians. 
And uh, look, I'm just going to read it to you word for word and for our listeners out there. Now, this is him uh, commenting on some of the events that have happened in the last number of days. He says this, uh, Martin Niles, and I quote, A lost art of compassion is the warning. People don't have the guts to warn others. Watching the abortion debate play out, for example, one can barely state the truth without being accused of failing to be sufficiently compassionate. What greater compassion can there be than to harbor enough concern for others to muster the courage to warn them? Abortion is a deadly lie and it will cause grave physical and spiritual harm. Abortion invokes the judgment of God. And he quotes Genesis 9-4, where the Bible says, I will require reckoning for the life of man, for God made man in his own image. How great is the compassion of holding people back from the grave, cost of wickedness? It is very great, and it is very right. Or, indeed, how great is the compassion of convicting a person of their sin so that they turn to God for forgiveness and new life? It is very great. And very right. We are so afraid of people and their scruples that we are, quote, loving them to death and hell. Not just in this issue, but in so many issues. We don't, now he's talking to Christians, Eric. We don't warn people of their choices, their pain, their path in life, their words, or indeed anything at all. We find it more socially comfortable to say nothing. There is zero compassion in that. Consider carefully whether it isn't sometimes right to be the fly in the social ointment who carefully calls a person out or warns them, because most won't. Now, it's pretty strong words there, mm. and thought-provoking. Mm. And I think the message I get from that, Eric, is it, it's he's calling for Christians to, to, to stand, mm. I guess, mm. uh, for, for their beliefs. And I think that's admirable, because I think... I think more and more for for us as Christians, we're being we're being almost looked at as bigoted. Or one article I was doing, looking at researching this before we went on air, is this idea of uh, overturning the ruling was considered archaic. That was the language of mm. the article. And so here is this uh, fellow Christian, you know, Martin, saying, you know, is it is it loving to just, you know appease people and go, well, mm. you know, God cares, God loves everybody, so let's just, you know. God loves you and that's kind of it. Or do we love them enough to tell them, hey, this may not be right? Mm. Yeah, I know that um, it's interesting because I know in the past that um, if you asked a politician what their thoughts were on abortion, they wouldn't say anything because they wanted people to vote for them and they could offend some and not the other. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) they would hedge around that question. Um, But the world is becoming more and more morally uh, corrupt as well. And with that as standards, I mean, the thing is for abortion is um, it's the right to the baby and the right to the mother. So when a mother says, um, okay, I, I, I'm going to have an abortion, I'm pregnant because of my career. That's yeah. when it oversteps the mark. But at the moment in New Zealand, that, you can have that abortion right. because you want to get on in life. And I think that's what it's talking about, the needs of humanity here compared to the compassion of Christ. And, you know, to, and the, the spiritual and the mental effects on people that, that go through that. And um, so yeah. I think Christ brings in an understanding in, in the spirit of the law where there there may be a necessity to have abortion. I understand that. 
yeah. for a woman in a particular situation. I understand that. But then to go beyond that yeah. into the, into a, a sort of a selfish desire or self, a, a different need, I think then we the, the questions are there, aren't they? Yeah. And I think he's saying you've got to stand up because God is a creator of life. What right have we to take away those things because of those reasons? That's you know? right. And so it is a controversial yeah. thing, and these, this is just my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's our, our world watch. We just wanted to bring to our um, listeners out there um, that this is this is going on right as we speak, and the debate the debate and the dialogue continues. Um, so, we hope that uh, you were you enjoyed that uh, little segment part of our program. And uh, we're going to keep moving on. So we're going to go to our free book offer before we get to some music. Um, just in line with the theme, we'd like to offer a free book offer called Fabulous Health Made Simple by Steve Wahlberg. And Steve Wahlberg shares a potentially devastating personal health issue that had a positively successful outcome. Uh, I think Stephen, in 2011, he was diagnosed with high blood pressure. And then by 2011... Uh, by January 2012, he finally opted to take the medications, but by summer, he'd had enough of that. Uh, upon the recommendation of a lifestyle center director, he began the natural road to recovery. And so if you want to grab a copy of this book, we'd like to put it in your hands absolutely free. Uh, the book is entitled, again, uh, it's called Fabulous Health Made Simple by Steve Wahlberg. Why don't you text the code word SA53? So that is SA53 to 04888-80811. And our friendly bots will get in touch with you, get your details, and we'd be able to, we'd be happy to get that book to you as soon as possible. Uh, so please don't go away. We've got more to share. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A.
Yet not I, but Christ in me. That's City of Light. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Will Moala. And uh, my co-host in the studio is Pastor Eric Hoare. Eric is the pastor of the Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Fellowship Group. And uh, we have just kicked things off here in the studio today. Uh, today, we're looking at the question about health. And the theme this week is the Bible, health, and and spirituality. And the question we're trying to look at today in the studio is, are health principles really part of biblical religion? And so before the break, uh, we just uh, had our world watch, and now we want to get right into the our, our time together in this question. So, Eric, walk us through this, uh, this question, the Bible, physical health, and spirituality, but particularly the question, um, what are the health principles actually part of biblical religion? Well, it's interesting that in the Bible, Pastor Will, is the fact that God's got a free health plan. I, mean, this I like it, a free, free health plan. Yes. It sounds good. Yes, you don't get much for free these days. And, you know, in America and Australia and all around the world, people spend a lot of money trying to keep good health and to get better health. Yeah. Uh, I know I went to the doctor, um, you know, I'm a pensioner now, and I don't like talking about that, but I'm <laughs> 70, you know, and getting on. And I went to the doctor, and uh, he was really surprised. And uh, he said to me, you know, he said, what medication are you on? And I said, I'm a, I don't have any medic, no medication at all. And he said, you're joking. He said, you're yeah. the first person this week that has been here that's not on medication. Wow. Everybody else, you know. And, and it's interesting that today we sort of uh, take pills for this and pills for that yep. to try and keep us all healthy. That's right. And vitamins and all sorts. And the money that is spent on it and diet plans. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit overweight at the moment. I've got to lose some, a few kilos. Oh, don't be too hard uh, on yourself, Eric. <laughs> but, you know, I I still run, but I, I, I need to keep moving. And that's the thing. But God... God's plan is priceless, and it's yeah. in the Bible. If people would only study the Bible and look at the health things that are there that have been there right from the beginning when God wrote it, things that are, are warnings there about some things not to do, but many things are for us to keep on the okay. right track. And, um, you know, it's been proven uh, a lot of times this, you know, taking care of your body. You know, scientists have sounded the alarm about cholesterol, um, about tobacco, about stress, obesity, and alcohol. Um, yet we still, throughout the world, still, even with cigarette smoking, you know, I remember way back that in the war they used to give out cigarettes for people that had sore throats. They thought it was good for you. It was actually a, <laughs> a, um, a treatment. They didn't understand yeah. the dangers of that. But today we live in a society where we have warnings on cigarette packs and yep. uh, and we have actually pictures of cancers on there. And often in a shop you go and you see somebody buying a pack and it's hidden behind doors. You know, they they got to open the doors so yep. people aren't tempted. Yet we live in a society where we can actually be killing ourselves through what we eat and drink. And, and so God has laid out some really good fundamental things in the Bible. And I think that if we trust in Christ, because that's where we listen to the advice, if we really believe in Christ yeah. uh, for our health, we need to look at that as well. And, you know, 
He restores our, our lost relationship with God. He fills the void in our hearts. He is the bread of life, meaning that he can satisfy all our spiritual needs. You know, John fourteen twenty seven says that God gives us peace. Yeah. Uh, and in John fifteen eleven it says he gives us joy. Uh, in Ephesians two ten, he gives us a purpose. And, and this is a real change that affects our lives when we comes to Christ. So these things I believe are bound up in health, being joyful. Having peace yeah. and having a relationship with the Father, all these things are bound up in a, in a healthy lifestyle. And Paul said something which is really interesting. Um, he said uh, that we could truthfully claim to be content all the time. In Philippians four twelve to thirteen, he says, "I know how to get along with my humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity." In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and of going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So he talks about here about living a life in a poor way without much means to get by and yet still being happy and healthy or having an abundance of things but still praising God and having that a contentment. So he's found something wonderful here. Yeah, you know he's found it in Christ. Yeah, and I, I love what you're saying, Eric, because I think even myself, you know, growing up, um, you know, hearing about God and prayer, but there was never really anything, you know, in my home or what I was hearing at the time that there was a connection between our actual health. And look, to give you an idea of this, um, you know, this this church that I kind of grew up in, I would say. We, yeah, we were going to this church back in Sydney, and it was um, my ethnic, you know, uh, church in the Polynesian church. And I distinctly remember. And look, I'm not trying to be um, judgmental or any, anything, but literally right after the service, you know, everyone files out, and everyone's standing around out the front of the church, and the men, you know, not all of them, but there was a few of them just standing right there to the side, you know, having smoke. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't really frowned at or anything, really, to be honest. Um, so, you know, and even I can tell you other stories where, you know, in some of my, um, definitely my culture, that drinking was all right. Mm. You know, like having having a few, you know, having some, some, some alcohol. In fact, one particular denomination, if I could use that word, Within the uh, Tong community, that it was now. I, I need to. I can. I can. I stand to be corrected if it's not true. But what I was told, and from my cousins that were in this particular church, because it was his twenty first, he had a twenty first, and he was saying, "It's okay for us to drink as long as we don't throw up." Right. So, in other words, you can get blinded and plastered. But if you somehow, you know, had thrown up in the course of your night, then apparently that was. You had gone too far. So now I kind of look at that and go, is that really what we're supposed to do as believers? Like, mm. like this, you know, that we can just totally just, you know, drink to absolute excess and, and you know, smoke and all that and, and just think that, that that's there's no kind of correlation between that and our health. So, yeah, just as you were talking, just sharing some of those things that I remember growing up. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that um – you know, you can't really buy good health. 
I mean, if you've got money, you can have an operation maybe, yeah. but you can still have ongoing problems. So to be either being rich or healthy, it's, that's not contentment uh, in being rich. And I used to always want to have my, a brand new car, and I, I thought that would give me uh, – Bring content into my life, but then when I had that, when I did buy a new car, and I've had had a new yeah. car. You're worried about scratching it, you're cleaning it for about a <laughs> week, and then you forget about it. You know, yeah. but that instant thing is that you've got to look after it. You know, but it's not. That's not what it's all about. It's about um, having a, a healthy lifestyle through what God has mentioned in the Bible, and it, that He talks about. It peace and joy uh, in our life. And yeah. I think that the health principles are part of a true Bible religion because three uh, John number 3, 1 to 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And some, some you know, listen, reading that might be surprised that that uh, here uh, John, one of the apostles, would be earnest on such a yeah. point. Uh, but the better a man's health, the more thoroughly he is to be able to do the work of yeah, God. Yeah, that's right. This is the thing, to have a clear mind and to, uh, to be able to receive the messages from the Lord to be able to do his will. And not our own will, yeah. not to have a cloud. And I know when I overeat or uh, I have a late meal before I go to bed, yeah. I know I'm not going to sleep well, <laughs> you know, and I know that I'm going to wake up tired in the morning. Um, you know, there's certain things I know that will, that we all know that will affect our yeah. health, yet we're tempted by that, yeah. that extra chocolate bar or whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so we are sort of, um, uh, in that situation. But sickness, uh, um, the sickness may be allowed to chasten the Aryan or rebellious heart, but a Christian whose faith is firm and character established can, um, uh, you know, can be, can have a blessings of a sound body. Uh, yeah. and, and that's the thing. So the answer is yes, the Bible rates health near the top of the list of importance. Mm. Uh, because God formed us. He calls our, our, um, our lives as a temple of God. Yeah. A place where he would dwell. Uh, and so it, it covers a whole list of things that we need to be aware of. And, and even as well, Eric, I mean, you can have all the money in the world, you can have a successful job and everything, but if you don't have health, you know, like that, that's almost priceless because then you can't function, you can't enjoy the things that, you know, who'd want to have, you know, 10 million, you know, however much money you want in the bank and, but then you're sick or you have some debilitating disease mm. or something that doesn't allow you to enjoy, you know, life as it were. So, yeah. you know, I think that's something that we can all aspire to, whether you are the richest man in the world or whether you're just, you know, working on nine to five, that your health is actually one of your greatest assets. Um, you know, and so, so the Bible actually talks about that. And mm. it's interesting because just early on the show, uh, Eric, we were talking about, you know, the whole abortion uh, scenario, you know, things uh, developing in the States, coming back to the idea about life. Mm. Like in that context, we're talking about, hey, you know, life is sacred. And almost like today's presentation and for the, our presenters this week, mm. it is also we're extending that, that life is sacred and life, God wants us to live, uh, you know, um, a productive life, a happy mm. life, like you were mentioning in those yeah. biblical passages. And it's interesting too, Pastor Will, that uh, what we do with our body, we have, we all have independent choice of what we will do and yeah. what we'll eat and everything and say and do. But the interesting thing is that 
within our families, what we actually um, eat and how we treat our bodies does affect, have a rippling effect amongst our family because they yeah. often will follow and be brought up on the way on our uh, the way yeah. we eat and you know what we sure. watch and all those sort of things. Exactly. So it does have an effect not just on ourselves and others and and you know God's church is not actually the building; it's actually the body of. That's what it, the word church means. It means uh, a people called out, a body of believers. So it will affect. Us all, won't it? Yeah. I mean, you look at what the devil plans to do. John ten ten says, "The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy." I have ca- I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Satan wants to to steal, to kill and destroy. And how does he kill us? He can do. It, he can actually do it through the temptation of the things in the world that aren't good for you. I mean, I remember being brought up, and I uh, if I didn't eat my veggies. I copped it, you know, and, uh, and, um, you know, back in those days, but today, <laughs> I copped it too. <laughs> but today, fast food, you know, all the time, all that sort of thing, there's so many temptations around. And so, um, uh, you know, but God came to give us life in the full, you know, and I think that's very important. Yeah. Hey, um, Eric, we're just going to have to pause here and we're going to go to a break and we'll be back in just a moment. But, um, I would just like to do that free uh, book offer once again. Uh, if you're listening today and you'd like to uh, grab a free uh, copy that's based on our theme today and for the rest of the week, uh, the book is entitled Fabulous Health Message Made Simple by Steve Wahlberg. If you'd like to receive a free copy, uh, why don't you text uh, the code word SA53 or SA53 to 048-80811. One more time, that is uh, the book Fabulous Health Made Simple by Steve Wahlberg. If you'd like a free copy, please text the code word SA53 to 04888880811. We'll be right back with more with Eric. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. Heal the aching hearts 
was the song Winter by Kemi and Gendy. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. My name is Pastor Will and my co-host, Pastor Eric Hoar, uh, who serves as the pastor of the Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Fellowship Group in Th- South Australia. Our theme this week, the Bible, physical health and spirituality. And today we've been looking at the question, are health principles really part of biblical religion? So, uh, Eric, take us uh, where you left off. And you talked about that, uh, you mentioned the text in, in John, how God's will is that we may prosper in health. Is there any other uh, insights that you can share with our listeners today? Yes, well, it, it, we move on to why did God give health um, principles to his people? And um, Deuteronomy 6.24 says, The Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us life. Exodus 23.25 says, You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. So oh, right. God give us health principle because he knows what's best for yeah, us. Yeah, I like that. And for the human body, you know, listeners need to listen to the, the, the series through the week because there's some interesting uh, things that God says uh, what to eat yeah. and what not and, and why. I think that's really important. You know, if you when I bought my new car, there was a manual in there. Back in the old days, we changed our own oil. And we'd put the car up and we'd actually did today. And we don't seem to do that. We just take it to the shop. But if we didn't do it right at the right time, right. then the car would suffer and often it would break down. And same yep. with our bodies. We've got, there are certain things we must do to keep our bodies going, which is really important. So if we ignore God's operating manual, it often results in disease and twisted thinking and, yep. and burnt out lives. If we abuse the car, we, and, and, you know, we, we miss out there. If we abuse our bodies, it's a, exactly the same thing. Uh, so following God's principle results in saving health. Um, and do God's uh, health principles have anything to do with eating and drinking? That's a really interesting yeah. one. Isaiah 55 two says, eat what is good. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the, to the glory, glory of God. God. Yeah. So yeah, a Christian will even eat and drink differently, all to the glory of God, choosing only what is good. If God says a thing is not fit to eat, he must have a good reason for it. Yeah. I like the flip side of that, Eric, because mm. if you can eat and drink to the glory of God, then then it serves to say that you could eat and drink not to the glory of God. Mm. Otherwise, right. it just says eat and drink. So um, I like the the other side of that, the other equation of that text. Mm, that's right, yeah. Uh, and the Bible promises in Psalms eighty four eleven, no good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. So if God withholds a thing from us, it is because it is not good for us. But please, the listeners know this, of course. But uh, no person can eat his or her way into heaven. And that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, only acceptance of Christ and our Lord Saviour can do that. But ignoring God's health lords, however, can cause us to have more harm in our life. It can cause us to slip and to do things that we shouldn't yeah. do. And, and alcohol and things will be talked about later on in the subject. But it's interesting, Pastor Will, to see what what did God give people to eat All right, so this when is he really created the, them yeah. you know, in a perfect environment? And Genesis 1, 29, 31 has, the, has a diet that it says was the very beginning. It says, then God said in Genesis 1, 29, it says, I give you seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every true tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. 
and right. it's interesting what this um, this seed would be for the for uh, for Adam and Eve. This is the very very beginning of uh, what their diet was. Very interesting this one, and so we find here that. Uh, with the seed of the herb, uh, what is the seed of the herb? Well, it's been said by many specialists that that these seeds are things like um, things like grains and wheat, um, barley, rice, and the seed. You know, grains and seeds. So it's essentially essentially a plant based diet. Really, it's a plant based diet. Yes, um, and it's things like uh, soya beans and peas and peanuts and other beans and. And succulents and every tree which the fruit of the tree shall yield. And that'll be, of course, fruit. Uh, all the good things in the Garden of Eden. That's what the original diet was. Almonds and cashew nuts and, it's getting me hungry here, Pastor (laughs) talking about all this stuff. Uh, but this is what was given, um, to Adam and Eve. Uh, very interesting. And then it goes on and talks about, uh, in the next verse, it says in verse 30, uh, it says of Genesis 1, it says, To every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, I've given every green herb for meat. And it was so. So it's interesting to see here that even the animals didn't eat meat because, of course, there was no yeah. death. So the lions and the tigers, they actually ate a plant food diet. Well, it's pretty hard for us to imagine it today is. because yeah. we see it, them gorging out in the savannah you know hunting down their prey and you know but as you're saying in the originally in the garden of eden and in creation that um that uh they were there was no none of you know eating the flesh type type of diet it was more or less plant-based that's right yeah. it's interesting um and of course uh what it talks about here too why was that i mean the people back then um after adam and eve i mean they lived a long time the the, the we looked at the ages of the bible look at some of the the ages the men lived to so this what god gave us was for the best thing at that time and that was for this plant-based diet for right from the beginning even the animals uh, were doing that as well and then later after the fall in genesis 3 um 70 to 18 uh it talks there and it it says there, uh, and unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Right. Now we observe that the that herbs of the earth. Now we're talking here about cultivation here, because what happened was that in the Garden of Eden they had the best. They had the, the wonderful fruit yeah, they and did. all that. There was absolutely beautiful. But now, after the fall, now they have to toil in the soil and they've got to grow their own yeah. vegetables and things. So this was where man started to grow these things. And we would, th- today, we would think of these things like, you know, celery or cabbage or, or carrots and beans and potatoes were cultivating that from the earth. Yeah. And amongst them would grow the thorns and the, and the things there. So there was a change here where, um, that God had provided the things, the sustenance of the Garden of Eden, uh, you know, for that. And in fact, Genesis one twenty nine, the diet is given by God is meant to nourish human beings that he created. And the Longman Dictionary of Contemporary English defines the word nourish thus, to give a person or other living thing the food and other substances they need in order to live, to grow and to stay healthy. And so the things that we eat and drink should make us alive and well because it, 
because it causes us to grow and live healthy in the days of our lives. But alas, it is not so, for the very flu, food and fluid we eat and drink respectively are the things that cause diseases in us. So the things that we can can eat and drink can actually bring disease upon us where the original plan in the garden was that all the food there was good. It was not harmful yeah. at all. But now we find that even the fish today, you know, uh, you pull them out of the harbour and it's polluted and whatever, you know, yeah. the effects on, on that. So the human being is no longer living. He is dying every day. But we are adding to that by eating the unhealthy things that we shouldn't be eating and, and doing things that we shouldn't be doing. Um, so it's interesting that God is telling us to come back to, to good health, to, um, to grow and to stay healthy, you know. And um, yeah. it's very interesting that, that yeah. even the animals back then uh, didn't even have bad thoughts about yeah. another animal. You know what I find interesting as well with this topic and with the rest of our presenters this week is there's a growing, I guess, movement, if I could use the word, um, that actually, when you think about it, is espousing, um, you know, a diet that God originally prescribed, mm-hmm. um, in the Garden of Eden, which is basically a plant-based or a vegan type diet. Um, so when we're trying to look at the question today, Eric, are health principles really part of biblical religion? We'd like to say yes, because this is what God said to, you know, uh, our, our first parents in the Garden of Eden told them, you know, Genesis says you mentioned. And so, um, I think there is definitely a connection there between, mm. um, uh, you know, our, our Christian beliefs, uh, our, our faith, and also uh, what we eat. Otherwise, God wouldn't have specified that, mm. you know, in, in the scriptures, uh, particularly right there in the beginning. Mm. Um, I know the time too, Pastor, where. You know, to be a vegetarian, to eat just a plant-based diet, people make fun of you, and it still happens today. You know, uh, you can't have a good, healthy life unless you you have something like a good steak or something. You know, yeah. but it has been proven. For instance, they've done surveys on vegetarians and 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 people, and even uh, without blowing our own trumpet, but they did one on the Seven Day Adventist Church on on members right. that were vegetarian and how that went, and they found that they lived, and they did this in America, and they found that the, those that were on a plant-based diet actually lived, on an average, 10 years yeah. longer than somebody who wasn't on a, on a plant-based yeah. diet. So God has a meaning in his words that often you and I can't see yeah. and have to accept by faith. I knew that when I became a Christian and some of the health principles are through smoking and drinking and those other things, that by believing in him, uh, I had to accept it through faith, not understanding why, but then it became clearer as you work through these things, it's a change of lifestyle we're talking about here. And it's, it's based on what God said is good for us. And uh, what he's put as a health principles in the Bible are the best things for us. And yeah, I think absolutely. that's important to really understand. Mm. You know, because we only have a few minutes before we wrap up today, Eric. Um, I'm just thinking, um, because we're talking about health and I don't know, but my mind kind of, kind of thinks about how is this related to living the Christian life, you know, being a follower of Jesus. And, you know, we're in circles where these conversations are uh, a bit more frequent. You know, we have, there are some believers who take what we're going to be presenting on today and this week and they take it to the extreme where almost they are saved by their, their eating. Yes. And, and what they eat and don't eat. And I just, I just felt yeah. impressed, Eric, to just yeah, kind of true. throw it out there today. 
You know, you alluded to that text in First Corinthians, whatever we do to the glory of God. Mm. And I think that's what it really boils down to. You know, God gives us uh, his principles, you know, as you mentioned in Genesis. He gives us uh, his way of living. Why? Because he loves us. He wants us to be happy and healthy. And at the end of the day, it would serve well for us as believers to follow uh, because we love God, you know, and we want to honor him. So there's the aspect of our loving response. But I think there's also the, uh, the idea of God knows what's best. Mm. You know, you, you brought the car analogy, which I loved what you did, is that, you know, when you look at some of these high-speed, you know, cars that are, you know, on the market today, some, you know, really expensive cars, they don't just run on, they don't run on any type of fuel. You know, you don't put, you know, <laughs> the E10 <laughs> fuel into a, you know, a, a, you know, a sports car or a motor car. You give it a, a special it's special fluid, whatever it needs mm. to be at its optimal level. In some ways, we as Christians, we, we don't, we may, we may be, I guess, I don't know, ignorant, maybe negligent or just downright don't want to. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, there is something in us that says, okay, well, this is what God says, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do my thing, you know, because, mm. um, it's more convenient. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of yep. sharing a couple of thoughts at yep. the top. I think it has to be a balanced diet. I think what, when you look at it too, we can get out of kilter and judge people by yeah, what they're exactly. and drinking and not actually taking the gospel to, you know, like taking a summit because we don't think that they're worthy of having it, which is not right. Yep. I think what it all based is is that we can be overemphasized on health so much that it takes over our gospel message. Exactly. Yep, that was what I was trying to say. Yeah, I think we've got to have a balance there where we have the love of Christ that uh, we don't because we're all sinners and we can't judge other people and what they're yeah. doing. We can only live our own lives the way that God has instructed us. And, it, and people learn. We're all on a journey at different stages. And I think that balance is so, so important yeah. that it, it's not talking about a thing of salvation, I believe. Yeah. I think it's just a thing that, that we need to so we can understand God better yeah. and that we can have clearer minds. That's what we're talking about tonight. Amen to that. Health. 